Let's bring in David Nadell, joining us as Senior Portfolio Manager of Global Equities at Invesco. David, great to have you on the show. This morning we see that emerging markets doing a little bit better than equities here in the U.S. One of the main themes from your outlook going forward is that that's a dynamic that's going to continue, that we might see U.S. underperformance. Yes, I think you might see uh, U.S. underperformance uh, starting in 21, Oliver. You know, to, uh, the, the past decade, the U.S. outperformed uh, international equities by a wide margin, but it's extremely rare for a country to repeat that two decades in a row. In fact, the decade before that, the U.S. was the second worst performing major equity market in the world. Um, so we, we, we definitely think that there is a, a, a huge gap in terms of valuation uh, within my space, which is international small and mid. You compare you know, uh, my index to, let's say, the Russell 2500, which would be the U.S. equivalent. And you know, my index is, is putting up uh, internal rates of return that are 30, 40 percent higher, dividend payout ratios that are 60 percent higher, but a valuation that's 40 percent lower. That is not a sustainable uh, gap. and. Um, you know, I, I do think that uh, that that uh, gap is probably going to normalize or begin to normalize uh, as we enter this new decade. David, there are a lot of uh, uh, sort of trends that kind of fit this same blueprint where there are valuations that seem prone for reversal. There are uh, otherwise just about every sector that's underperformed big tech here in the U.S. I mean, whether it's domestic small caps, if it's value stocks, even quality stocks from a balance sheet perspective. And for years, we've heard this notion of rotation towards that. Uh, but it hasn't come to fruition. And a lot of that, it seems to have been just tied to this overall environment of low rates, increasingly lower rates, plenty of risk taking, uh, an appetite for high growth and no profits. So what changes that? What's going to be the spark this year? Because I see a lot of expectations now that we're finally going to make this big U-turn. Is it already happening in your mind as we've seen the last couple months? Or does something still need to fall into place to really spark that reversal? Well, you know, we do think uh, inflation is a threat on the horizon. That tends to be good for smaller companies. Um, it is true to your point that, uh, you know, value has been extremely challenging for a long period. And a lot of people are have adopted kind of a risk on attitude, you know, assuming just uh, kind of unbridled bullishness. We're not in that camp. Uh, you know, w we take a quality approach. Quality has actually done pretty well um, over the last uh, decade. And I think that quality uh, does well in almost any market environment, except for your kind of dash to trash, you know, cyclical rally. The cyclical rallies, though, tend to be short lived um, and, you know, they tend to be one to two quarters, whereas someone who's got a quality approach, you know, over the years is putting up, uh, you know, very strong risk adjusted returns, which is our our approach. Uh, you know, it's been tough to beat U.S. tech. You know, we're not really we're not really competing with that. I mean, you have uh, you have just a, a sort of an unprecedented level of market cap taken up within the S&P 500 by tech. The way we like to play that angle, by the way, is with information uh, with with IT services companies. So in the small and mid cap space, if you can align yourself with some businesses that are basically serving uh, the uh, uh, companies that are going through all of that technological change being led by the mega caps, you're still playing that theme and benefiting from it. So that's that's definitely one theme for us are the IT services companies in the small and mid space. 
When you say you don't compete, David, uh, certainly the benchmark is not to the NASDAQ for a uh, small to mid-cap international portfolio manager, but for investors that have uh, allocations that they have to think about or for RIAs that are watching that work with clients and trying to figure out what to allocate, everything's a choice and they have to choose what to forego. In your mind, how compelling is the story for this international rotation or mid-cap, small-cap rotation in terms of an allocation perspective? I mean, is this like a 5%, 10%? Is this the predominance of an equity portion of a portfolio right now? What makes sense in terms of what your team sees and expectations for returns? Yeah, it's a great question, Oliver. I mean, look, we, we take a pretty uh, extreme view, which is that uh, international SMID should be about 35% of total equity allocations. Uh, mm -hmm. The way that we get there, and by the way, it's, it's close to 100% of my personal savings because I invest in my own fund. Um, but the way we get there is, look, international beats U.S. about 40% of the time. Um, and, uh, you know, the U.S., uh, if you look at longer uh, periods of time, the last century, it's not the number one performing market. It's not the number two performing market. There are a lot of countries out there that beat the U.S. over longer periods of time for total return. But if you look at that overall picture, okay, international beats U.S. about 40 percent of the time. Within international, international SMID beats international large about 85% of the time, hmm. okay? So people typically go to international large cap and mega cap when they're thinking international, but the reality is that uh, that international SMID beats international large on a, on a rolling basis about 85% of the time and with a bus, much better risk adjusted return. So if you, if you think about 85% of 40%, you're at about 30 to 35% of your total equity allocation should go into international SMID. Now, I, I recognize that's that's a radical position because on average, U.S. Uh, asset allocators have less than 1% of, of their uh, allocation to international SMID versus about 13% for U.S. SMID. Hmm. But if you're just thinking about returns and, you know, risk-adjusted returns are dramatically better for international SMID than U.S. SMID. I mean, U.S. SMID is a, is a volatile uh, uh, and much lower quality asset class. So, you know, we, we take a we take a pretty uh, principled view that it should be a big allocation. So the point here is that even within the uh, market cap allocation that the international small and mid caps mid is something that's more compelling uh, even within that category. What kind of companies are investors buying, David? I mean, when you look at your fund, walk me through what some of these big holdings are. Are these uh, kind of old school industrial type of stocks or can you buy a small to mid cap international company, a non-US company and still get a software player, still get a high growth play? Yeah, you can you can really get it all, Oliver. Um, you can get kind of whatever you want. This, the, the type of stuff that we tend to be attracted to are companies that uh, have you know very high portions of recurring revenue. We like to see predictable cash flow. We like to see a dividend. About 95% of our companies pay a dividend. Investors should remember that over longer periods of time, more than half of your total return is coming from dividends. You know, in our in our culture, we're very focused on capital appreciation, but but uh, dividends are doing a lot of the work for people. Um, about a third of our holdings are global number ones, meaning they are the undisputed market share leader in what they do. These might be niche markets. Uh, they might be things like uh, you know uh, private equity asset management. That's one of our uh, top holdings. Uh, could be uh, outsourced R&D, which is a sector that doesn't really exist in the U.S., but it's big abroad. 
it could be in IT services, as, as I mentioned, some of the world's leading in vitro diagnostics companies, which have been in the spotlight during COVID, are SMIDCAPs, uh, believe it or not, because they're, they're specialized in certain areas, um, either on the hardware side or on the assay side. So it, it can range, you know, the, the, world's, the world's leading uh, producer and the inventor of cochlear implants is an example mm. of a company mm. that, that we that we own. You know, the 75% market share, uh, you know, tremendous history uh, of this business, which created the cochlear implant, which which gives the gift of hearing to people. That's a, you know, that's a SMID cap, a little bit on the large uh, market cap side of SMID, but that's the space that we operate in. So, you, 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 you know, think of, think of a lot of global leading companies, you know, global number ones, and if not, then you know the country number one or or a regional number, uh, excuse me, number one. And so you know these are companies that I think by any standard of quality are right up there with kind of U.S. mega caps or U.S. large caps. Okay, strong case made here for a big allocation towards small and mid-sized companies on the international front. David, uh, thanks for the walkthrough. Looking forward uh, to seeing how this develops throughout the year. Appreciate you joining us to kick things off in 2021. Great. Thank you, Oliver. Happy New Year. Thank you. David Nadell is a senior portfolio manager of global equities at Invesco.